How to Start Your Own Ultra Learning Project, Part 1, written by Scott Young, July 2016. Ultra learning is deep self-education to learn hard things in less time. I've written about it before and how I've used this approach to learn MIT's computer science, multiple languages, cognitive science, and portraits. I've touched on some of the aspects of ultra learning in previous articles. It focuses on learning depth first, breaking down impasses into prerequisites you can finish step by step, creatively using resources and balancing theory with practice. In this article, I want to show you how you can start your own ultra learning project. To make things easier, I've split this article into two parts. The first part, explaining why you should start an ultra learning project and how to design it. And the second part, which will tell you how to find time to work on it and how to improve your ability to focus. Why ultra learning? Ultra learning projects are hard work. Not only do they require you to take time out of your life, but they're also mentally demanding. Given this, a good question to ask might be, why bother ultra learning at all? The opposite of ultra learning is dabbling. This means playing around with something and eventually learning it, but there's no commitment, no time put aside, and if it becomes too mentally difficult or boring, you stop. Now there's nothing wrong with dabbling, and it's often by dabbling that I first explore whether I'd like to learn something through an ultra learning project. However, despite the investment of time and energy, ultra learning projects can help you achieve breakthroughs in whatever you're trying to learn. Reason number one, you can learn much faster. Ultra learning projects are hard, but the trade-off is that the intense focus enables rapid learning progress. Eliminating distractions, learning the hardest parts first, and driving at your weaknesses and investing in concrete chunks of time all enable you to take a learning endeavor that you might normally imagine learning over a few years and compress it into a few months. My language learning project was a good example of this. Yes, the no English rule and intensive study did require a lot of effort, but the advantage was that I reached a level in three months that often takes a year or two or more of a typical studying process. Reason number two, it gets to the fun part of learning faster. Many learning opportunities become more interesting when you get better at them. Languages are much more fun when you can actually hold conversations. Work skills are more useful when they actually help your career. Drawing, sports, and music are all more fun when you're good at them. Ultra learning can allow you to push faster through the frustrating parts and get more quickly to a level where continuing mastery is enjoyable and fun. Reason number three, ultra learning projects are interesting. When I told someone I was about to take on the MIT challenge, they said to me, wow, wow, you must really love studying. But the truth was, I didn't actually enjoy most of the classes I had in university. I found many of them simultaneously boring and frustrating. I hated the busy work, the group projects, the classes where the professor didn't say anything useful, and I had to struggle to stay awake. Traditional learning involves long stretches of boredom peppered with random frustration. When I did the MIT challenge, however, almost all of my classes were interesting. I think the reason was that self-education is results-driven. It didn't matter which resources I used as long as I could get to the point. I could skip assignments I didn't think would help me master the material. I could watch lectures faster if they were boring or re-watch them when I was confused. Optimizing for faster learning in turn also optimized for being completely engaged with the learning material. Ultra learning is more interesting because everything you do feels like it actually matters. Reason number four. 
the opportunities for quick learners are ever increasing. Ultra learning is a skill. Once you've mastered the process, you can repeat it again and again on anything you want to learn. It's also a skill that's becoming increasingly valuable. The economy is hollowing out the middle. Workers are expected to adapt faster and faster to new ways of doing things. The best in the profession are earning ever more than the average. Flexible, rapid learners have a golden opportunity, while those who struggle to keep up are going to find it harder and harder to survive. Practicing on ultra-learning projects gives you an edge like almost nothing else will in skilled professions. How to design your first ultra-learning project. Designing your own ultra-learning project has three parts. One, figuring out what you want to learn deeply, intensely, and quickly. Two, choosing which format you want for your project. Three, preparing to start learning. Step one, what do you want to ultra-learn? What would you like to learn? It could be a subject, say you want to quickly learn a lot of history, business, or math. It could be a career skill. You want to master Excel or jQuery. It could be something you've always wanted to learn for fun. Guitar, French, or painting. What you want to learn doesn't matter, and I can't choose it for you, but I can suggest a couple of things to keep in mind when picking the subject. First, only pick one thing. Ultra-learning projects need specificity. Saying you want to learn guitar, French, and cooking is a recipe for a mess of a project. Instead, pick one thing and save the other things you want to learn for a later project. Second, shorter projects need more constraints. The smaller your project is, the more it needs to focus on something specific to make progress noticeable. If you're only going to spend a month, one hour a day, then don't make your project learn programming or learn Chinese. Instead, make it more focused. Learn to make only text games in Python or learn Pinyin and master set phrases in Mandarin are much more achievable goals. Three, avoid overly specific goals and deadlines. For first-time ultra-learners, I don't recommend setting a particular goal and deadline like I did with the MIT challenge. The reason is that once you start learning, you'll quickly realize whether or not your goal is realistic, too hard, or too easy. If it's too easy, you won't focus. Too hard, you'll probably give up. That means you have a fairly narrow range to shoot for in order to be successful. A better approach is to pick the direction you want to learn and choose a target when you're about one-third to halfway done the project. So a good approach might be that you'll learn MIT's computer science curriculum, but then once you have decided and taken a few classes, you can see how realistic it is to get how far you have with the time you have to devote to the project. Step number two, choose the project format. There's a lot of different ways to do an ultra-learning project. Which you use will depend heavily on your schedule and the importance of the challenge to you. Here's three different styles for an ultra-learning project. One, full-time projects. These are the most intense, most costly, and fastest. The advantage of a full-time or, or nearly full-time project is that you can really get learning done in incredibly short periods of time. Good if you're between jobs, classes, or otherwise can devote yourself fully to the project. Two, fixed schedule projects. These are projects which will have concrete hours you'll devote to them every week. One example could be spending an hour each day before work, two hours before bed, or two five-hour bursts on the weekend. The amount of time isn't too important, although, of course, less weekly investment equals slower progress, but I wouldn't recommend putting in chunks of time less than 30 minutes. 
Fracturing the time over too many individual periods in the day doesn't enable the focus required. Third, fixed hour projects. So these projects don't have a particular schedule, but they do have a number of hours, 3, 5, 20, that you'll put in each week wherever you can find time in your schedule. This is the hardest type of project to successfully execute, but it may be the only feasible way to do ultra-learning for some people on some schedules. In general, I recommend an ultra-learning project be your principal goal during the period you're doing it. It's okay to keep working on other things and maintain habits, but ultra-learning projects don't work well if they're just one of many things you're simultaneously trying to achieve. Once you've picked a format, you now need to select a length of time. In general, if your weekly time investment is low, you'll either need a long project or a more severely reduced scope. If I wanted to learn programming but was only putting in three hours per week, I would either need a long time horizon, say six to 12 months, or a reduced scope, a particular language, type of program, etc. Step number three, preparing to learn. I actually don't recommend starting right away when you have an ultra-learning project. The reason is that the intensity of learning can make it very easy to quit if you haven't planned it properly. A good ultra-learning project starts with some amount of time in preparation. This allows you to gather material, research different learning strategies for your particular skill or subject, plan out your time, and conduct a pilot test of the schedule. My rule of thumb is that preparation should be no less than 50% of the length of the project itself with full-time hours. So when I did the MIT challenge, a full-time project over one year, I wanted to spend about six months of minimum low-intensity preparation. If you're doing five hours per week over eight weeks, I would want to spend at least a week doing preparation. Here's what you need to do in that preparation time. First, research how learning works best for that particular domain. Hunt around for all the possible different learning methods, strategies, and recommendations. Note common themes and complaints people make about learning that subject. Note also alternative strategies that differ from the one that you're considering. This should give you a good idea of how you can learn what you want to learn, as well as backup options in case your first approach fails you. Second, gather material and design a preliminary attack plan. So order books online if you need them, sign up for online courses, get the tools, materials, and equipment you need if you need any. Then create a simple plan for approaching to learn them. This doesn't need to be complicated. For the MIT challenge, it was watch and read the lectures, do practice questions, and then the Feynman technique. For the year without English, it was no English rule, do tutoring, and then also some book study. Third, conduct a pilot week of the schedule. So before you commit fully to starting out the project, test it out. See how it fits into your life and get a sense of how difficult it will be. If it is too hard or your schedule is unrealistic, now is the time to adjust it. So if you're interested in starting your project, go to the post that is associated with this podcast episode and write in the comments below what ultra-learning projects you'd like to tackle, what you want to learn, and the format you're going to pursue it. In response, I'll try to reply to as many people as possible offering advice on how to make their ultra-learning projects a success. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show. It helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found at my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.